0: Welcome to the Pre-Vet PauseCast. I'm Alex Avellino, your tour guide on the journey to becoming a veterinarian. Listen along as we provide you with tips, tricks, and tales on applying to veterinary school. Welcome back to the Prevet vet PauseCast. I'm Alex Avellino, and today my guest is Dr. Jamie Stahl, DVM. But listen up, something new and fun on the podcast. She is a registered mental health counselor. Dr. Stahl, welcome to the podcast. Hi, thanks, Alex. So glad that we could be your first podcast ever, and you're going to chat with us a little bit about mental health, but also students. You know, we're hoping for this podcast that you just listen to the conversation and feel more comfortable hearing about mental health, hearing about mental health and wellness, learning from both Dr. Stahl and I what works for us, what tips and tricks we can provide for you, and things to think about before vet school. Speaking of vet school, Dr. Stahl, our students always want to know, how did our guest get into vet med? How did you know you want to be a veterinarian? So what did your path look like?
1: Yeah, so let's see. When I was young, I think that's kind of where it all almost always starts. Um, when I was young, I used to always go to what's called um, a place called Moat Marine. Oh, yeah. I heard of it. And um, they had a whale and dolphin hospital. And so I was always fascinated with whales and dolphins. And, um, you know, growing up in Sarasota, that's where it was. And so then um, I ended up getting an um, internship there. Mm-hmm. And then I ended up just following... Um, that to SeaWorld and and interned there. And then I applied to veterinary school and um, went for the aquatic animal health certificate.
0: You graduated with your GVM. And then how did we get to mental health? Because, you know, students, if you listen to the podcast, you often hear about how our guests thought they wanted to do one thing in vet med and ended up doing something else. And you've kind of veered a little bit for, I don't know want to say further from vet med, but you're doing something totally different. How did you get to where you are today?
1: Yeah, so halfway through my veterinary school career, um, I started to recognize that maybe veterinary school wasn't for me. Mm-hmm. And um, I don't know if I could actually pinpoint what it was, the turning point that uh, led me to believe that that wasn't what I wanted to do. Mm-hmm. Um, however... I started to pursue other avenues while I was in veterinary school. So I um, was a personal trainer. Um, I was really interested in nutrition and things of that nature. Um, and then since I wanted to finish what I started, I, I went ahead and, and, you know, I was already halfway through the program. So I went ahead and, and finished it. But but all the while, um, I had... Um, you know, mental health issues, um, depression, anxieties, um, things that weren't really talked about much. Mm-hmm. Um, there weren't a lot of resources available for students at that time, um, not really that I was aware of. Um, and then in my junior year of veterinary school, I ended up going to see a counselor. Mm-hmm. And so what happened was she pretty much validated my experience of, I don't actually want to be a veterinarian and I want to do something else. And that was a really terrifying thing to, that truth to, to, um, to admit to. However, um, after knowing that, uh, it was a relief as well. Mm -hmm. And so I took a year off after veterinary school, actually, um, to just kind of decompress after an intense program and then explore more deeply what was it that I actually wanted to do, Mm um, And so I was I actually went to Costa Rica as part of as part of that exploration. And while I was there, I kept getting messages about the mental health and, um, you know, the state of veterinary medicine in in that regard Mm -hmm. and how there was, you know, an increase in suicide rates. Um, And then what hit home was as a dear friend of mine actually attempted. Mm. And that just jarred me. Um, And since. I, while I was in veterinary school, I went to see a counselor, and that really did change my life and validated my experience. Um, I wanted to give those same gifts that I had received um, uh, to others, um, namely those in veterinary medicine because it was so something that was so close to me.
0: Oh, I, that's a great story, I like, it feels super full circle, you know, to start in an area that you, you know, thought you wanted to go into, but then you had this experience with the counselor and then you get to give back. So I really like it and I wonder, you know, for the students who are listening who have maybe had the thought, I've wanted to do this my whole life, but now they're not sure. Mm-hmm. And maybe they haven't even vet students who maybe are listening to the podcast too, mm-hmm. cuz I know there are some who it's been our goal our whole lives to get this one thing. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden we're like this might not be what we want. What are people going to think if I Change my mind. What are they going to think if I don't want to do it anymore? Do you have any advice for those students who maybe are in that spot where they're like, maybe this isn't what I want to do?
1: Yeah. So I'm smiling as you as you say that. Um, my advice is is to really listen to yourself mm-hmm. as your as the primary witness of your experience. And what I mean by that is um is to really listen to what are some of the truths that you have that are coming up and to talk with somebody who's a, a professional or someone like a trusted friend mm-hmm. um, who's not going to put the shoulds and woulds and you know yes onto you yes and to really um, reflect back to you some of the th- of the things that you're actually saying yeah. and to just have a full uh, exploration of you know what why are you having these questions mm-hmm. like what is coming up for you yes a, a lot of um students that i've um spoken with that that question that Mm -hmm. or that you know they're having a hard time in school and sure and or they're you know there's things outside of school that are affecting them and they're or they might be sad or they might be anxious or they might think that because of those things that maybe this isn't for them or maybe there's something wrong with them um because they're experiencing these things Mm -hmm. and that's not the truth i mean humans if, if you're human, you're going to experience this range Every of day. experience. Every <laughs> day. All the time. Yeah. So, um, you know, just to have some exploration around what is actually coming up for you. Okay. And then what are options? Yes. You know, and what feels right to you in that way?
0: Yeah. So what I what I hear you saying is if you guys are having those thoughts, it might not be that you don't want to do this. There just could be other things going on. Maybe some self-doubt, maybe outside circumstances. And then if it truly does come down to you want to do something different talking with somebody about what your options are. So let me ask you, do you have any regrets? Do you wish you had done things differently? Or are you glad that you finished your DVM?
1: I'm definitely glad I finished my DVM. Mm -hmm. Someone's asked me this before. Um, I think a regret would have been that I didn't finish. Okay. and and why I say that is, is because I don't think I'd be able to relate um, as much to the uh, students and, and veterinarians that I work with now. Right. Had I not gone through all the clinical rotations, had I not, you know, gone to practice. Right. Um, and so I'm, I'm super happy in that in that I did finish that. The only regrets that I would say that I have, if, if looking back, you know, in the last however long, um, is before veterinary school actually, which would be, uh, pertain to the to pre-vet students mm-hmm. would be to, have more of an exploration about my career and and my goals and my values and things that i want you know what are my what are the things that i want to offer sure and what are my strengths Mm -hmm. um, and have more of a in-depth conversation around that before going into veterinary school and then having conversations more with people that are actually in the program right and having more conversation you know going to to shadow more Mm -hmm. and to actually you know be there for a while and then and then having someone question or question myself around oh was this something did I enjoy this right you know was this something that was you know did this actually you know bring me like fulfillment Mm -hmm. and and those are the things that I don't know if it would necessarily be a regret sure to say but just wish something that I would have done
0: and everybody should I don't don't want to shit on anybody but we all can strive to do more self exploration I know that uh, Caitlin who's our career resource counselor who's been on the show too has a deck of cards and its values for careers, and it's you know always value, sometimes value, never value, and just playing—it's it's a game. It can be a game like playing those games with yourself before you get to vet school. You know, do you want a family someday? What kind of work-life balance do you want? What parts of vet med do you love? Um, you know, if it's your goal to make you know a certain amount of money, making sure you're picking that career. Why do you want to make that amount of money? So, um, asking those questions before you get to vet school can definitely help with a foundation. But then once you get here. Other things are going to happen, and you'll keep learning. But it's just great to get into that practice. Um, So you meet with our students one-on-one. Can you talk to our our audience about what does a session, and I'm sure it's different for everybody, but what could it look like? What are some of the general themes that go on? What can students expect when they get into vet school if they decide to speak with a counselor?
1: A lot of them are... Academics, mm-hmm. I didn't Short, do well of on this yeah. test. Yeah. and what's wrong with me mm-hmm. because I didn't get these the A. Yeah, um, a lot of people place uh, self worth on on their on their grade. I I know I do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and we all have some level of that. Mm-hmm. And then a lot of them compare themselves to others. Yes. And a lot of people think that there's something wrong when we compare ourselves to others. But actually, it's a really normal thing because we want to we want to
0: actually be a part okay. of something. So we're normalizing. It's okay that we compare ourselves to others. Right.
1: And so when we do compare ourselves to others, we kind of do a reality check of, okay, um, you know, this person did however they did on this test. Mm-hmm. And I did however I did on this test. Mm-hmm. Is it helpful to compare myself to this other person?
0: Okay. Because potentially it could be helpful if – so-and-so maybe put in a different type of studying style, like we're saying that we could learn from comparing ourselves to others? Yeah,
1: we can learn from it. And and it's a natural human thing that we do. Yeah, but why? Why Why do we do that? Yeah, so we want to belong. Right. okay um one of the one of uh, the innate uh, qualities of of being a human yes uh, one of our needs is is connection sure and to belong and be part of the group so we're going to be constantly comparing ourselves yes right To yes. see if we're measuring up yes to see if we can be a part of and stay included in something
0: yeah my friends who are listening I hope you're feeling the same way I am right now because I'm like oh man that makes so much sense because if I want to fit in, one way to learn to fit in would be to look at how everybody else who I think is fitting in, how are they doing it? That's what comparing is. I'm into this. Yeah, I'm going to be more okay with comparing myself yeah, now. Because, okay,
1: because a lot of the messages we hear is don't compare yourself. Per- exactly. Why are you comparing? So there's right. a shame effect that goes on.
0: Oh, I love this because mm-hmm. I will say, and I'm sorry, Pre-Vet listeners, if you're listening, if I've told you before, don't compare yourself to others because it's not worth it. But like Dr. Stahl is saying, It's natural. <music> So academics, obviously that's going to be a theme with our students. What are some things that our pre-vet students could be thinking about now to help them when they get into this very rigorous, intense Mm -hmm. curriculum? Mm -hmm. What are some coping mechanism strategies that they can be thinking about when those grades don't go the way they want to? Because most of these students have done well throughout high school and college and when they get to vet school, it's a different level.
1: Yeah, so some of the things um, I would say is to look at – What you were talking about in terms of values Mm -hmm. Um, and to note that (laughs) you aren't you aren't your grades. No, you're so (laughs) much more than that. Mm -hmm. Right. So what are the other things that you do in your life that bring you this sense of I'm good? Or okay, I'm worthy or I'm enough. Something that is not grades. Something that's not grades. Okay,
0: so not putting all of our eggs in the grade basket. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And I I do want to mention too, you know, Dr. Stahl is one of many mental health professionals, and um, everyone's gonna have their own style and their own way of approaching mental health and wellness. So I'm really glad that Dr. Stahl is sharing her particular style and perspective today, and. You know, when you guys, if you decide to ever speak with someone, just know that everybody's going to be different and everyone's going to have a different take on um, mental health and wellness. So just keep that in mind, too. And and I, I have a different take as well. So whenever you're talking to a professional, just know that everyone's coming in with a different background and experiences. Dr. Stahl, do you have anything to add to that? Yeah,
1: I would get um, curious about what it is that even what we're saying now mm-hmm. and what other people say, see what lands as true for you. Yes, um, yes. And if it resonates with you mm-hmm. and, and, you know, anything that we're saying here, if it lands as something that's, that's true for you, you can take it. And yeah. if it doesn't, then you can just let it let it go. Good advice for life, too. <laughs>
0: <laughs> what other themes do we see for our DVM students?
1: I've found that a lot of veterinary students, but just – and I've worked with not just veterinary students. I've worked with just a range of population. I find that a lot of people don't and haven't explored a lot of their emotions. Yes. (laughs) Um, And they don't know how to be with sadness, and they don't know how to be with grief, and Mm -hmm. they don't know how to be with these different emotions. Okay. And so – um, we've never learned that. Nope. Um, and, and actually it's counter instinctual um, for us to be with a lot of those, those feelings. If we're human, a lot of things that we do is, is we grasp onto things that are pleasurable and mm. we try to re- get away from things that aren't. Sure. Um, and so – Knowing that and normalizing that um, that the human experience is vast, mm-hmm. and that there's a range of emotions, um, and that they're all part of our experience, and right. that there's nothing wrong with us, right, if we experience these different things,
0: would our advice then to students be if they're feeling? Because I, I mean, I don't, I don't even want to call them negative emotions. What would we? Is there a spin on that we could call like sadness and grief? What is another word?
1: Yeah, An emotion. An emotion. Okay. Without, so, yeah, yeah, a neutral.
0: T- em- emotions. Yeah. Emotion so if theory, students are yeah. feeling emotions that maybe they're not in love with, not those pleasurable emotions, yeah. would we encourage them to sit in it a little bit and feel it and move through it?
1: Yeah. So first, um, what I would do is, is kind of check in with your attitude about the emotion.
0: Amen, sister. Yes. <laughs>
1: Yes. It's like okay, I'm feeling sadness right now. Right. Um, what's my attitude about it? Yes. Um, and so a lot of the times, it's not the emotion itself that's the issue; it's our attitude about the emotion. Something's wrong with us because we're feeling sad.
0: Right. right. Right.
1: So that's that's one thing. Right. Um, and then the other thing that we can do is a pretty simple one, which is, which is um, the sensation of of the emotion. Where do we physically feel that in our bodies? Okay. And an and emotion, so the root word of emotion, E M O, is either Greek or Latin. So mm-hmm. I'm, I'm going to give you a weird face because I don't know. Sure. But um, it means change. And so, meaning that it won't last for very long. Oh, yes. So, right. if we can just sit with the physical sensation of the emotion mm-hmm. itself for long enough, it'll actually dissipate. Right. And so that's a biological, physiological thing that happens for mm-hmm. us, as it moves the energy of that actually moves through us, mm-hmm. um, and then we can name. So if we label the emotion, right, it's like okay, so we feel in our bodies, and then we label the emotion. Mm-hmm. When we label the emotion, our brain actually goes, ah, oh, okay, this is the emotion. It releases, right. it releases a chemical in the brain mm-hmm. that allows us to feel and activate our parasympathetic nervous system, mm-hmm. and goes, ah, oh, this is an emotion. This is what this emotion is, sadness, we'll say. Mm -hmm. And we feel it in our bodies and we allow it to do its thing and then it dissipates and moves through.
0: Okay. So let's put this into practice, folks. So, okay. So we feel an emotion. I know for me, I feel um, nervous in my stomach. Mm -hmm. And then I feel most of my stress in my shoulders, but we can focus on nervous. So I feel nervous in my stomach. So if I first recognize that there's a change going on, right, there's an emotion, Mm -hmm. I'm going to label that it's sadness, Yeah, it's in my stomach, mm-hmm. my brain now feels relief that I've identified what's going on, yeah. nothing is wrong, this is normal, yeah. and then in a minute or two or more, it's going to go away.
1: It might not go away. Okay. Um, what it might do is, is you might have some more space and room for it to be there. Okay. And for you to not think that it's a problem. Sure. That it's a, so what we also do in that is we go, oh, this is part of the human experience. Mm-hmm. And so there's nothing wrong with us that we're experiencing this. Yes. It probably will shift and move into a different experience mm-hmm. um, or emotion, but sometimes we need to reach out to someone. Ah, so yes. Part. So the next part of that yes. um, sequence of steps, if mm-hmm. you will, yes, um, is an action. So that emotion is usually asking for an action, and maybe it's that we tell ourselves something. Mm-hmm. Maybe it's that we reach out to someone. But it's like, what is this particular emotion asking from me? Yeah, the emotions usually come up and ask for something in particular.
0: I what I like about what we're talking about is we're taking something that's pretty abstract, emotions. Yeah. But now I'm getting, and I'm hoping you guys are getting to a lot of visual imagery mm-hmm. of, okay, I see this emotion. I see where it is. I'm labeling it. I'm seeing what the emotion's asking for. And then hopefully I'm providing what the emotion needs. Dr. Stahl, can you come tell us where you feel some of your emotions so we can be thinking about that?
1: Yeah. So my um, nervous... Um, if you will, and sadness also resides in my stomach. Mm-hmm. Um, and so right now, this being my first podcast, I'm very, <laughs> <laughs> I'm very, um, now it's a little easier cause I'm been ducking to you for a minute. Sure. Um, but I am very aware of like this kind of gurgly, um, you know, sensation happening in my stomach right yeah. now and then a little tightness around my chest. And yeah. so I can, I can label that as, as fear. Mm-hmm. Um, and then from there I can, um, Label the atmosphere. Realize that it's a, an emotion that everyone um, who's human has experienced at some point, in time or another. Mm-hmm. So that makes me not feel isolated and alone in this in this experience. Sure. The action that I needed to take was simply to just name it. Yeah. Right. Was like ah, uh, and then what do I tell myself? You know, is the next step. It's yeah.
0: Like, ah, this is okay. This yeah. is okay. I'm all right. We're yeah. just having a chat or yeah. whatever you need to tell yourself. Cool. Yeah. So, friends, take a you pause. The podcast. And just see where you're at. See what emotions you're feeling. Maybe it's one. Maybe it's a lot of emotions. Go ahead and identify what the emotion is, where you feel it residing, and see, you know, what action needs to be taken. What does that emotion ask of you? And, you know, I... I can tell you guys, I've been doing this for many years. I've been through counseling myself. Um, it was kind of like a counseling life coaching situation. I recommend it for everybody because um, everybody could use someone to talk to, especially someone who is a little bit impartial and can give you some great advice. But it's something that I'm very comfortable with and it's it takes some getting used to. But once you do it, it really does feel good to pay attention to yourself in that way. And then you have better control over some of your actions, potentially. Um, so go ahead and try that. Let me add something to Please. that, Alex. Please.
1: Um, so that's actually, um, you can make a little acronym for that. It's called SEAT, S-E-A-T. Oh, so, I love acronyms. Yeah. So S, and, and if, for the, those of you going into veterinary school, you'll get lots of acronyms. Yes, a lot of drug <laughs> acronyms, yes. So S is, is um, where's the physical sensation that you're feeling that in your body? Okay. E is label the, emo- label the emotion, okay. and realizing that that's not, or that's something that everyone um, experiences, yes. right, as part of the human experience. Mm-hmm. Um, and then A, which is what action do we take? Mm-hmm. And then T is what do we tell ourselves when we're having that particular emotion? Okay, okay. Um, and that's from compassion-focused therapy, actually.
0: I think I love compassion-focused therapy based <laughs> on that seat. Okay, one more time. So sensation, emotion, action. Tell what are we telling ourselves? So that's a really that should be also definitely helpful in a fight or flight situation. All of a mm-hmm. sudden, that mnemonic mm-hmm. device hopefully pops up, and you guys can think about wait a minute, something's happening in my body. I'm having an emotion, and then move forward. So that'll be that'll be helpful in vet school and beyond. Okay, so we've talked about you know what Dr. Stahl does. You know, working with students that um, a couple of you know they're working on their emotions, they're working on academics. Um, I think now would be a wonderful time. So Dr. Stahl told me that we are going to do some guided meditation. Mm. So everybody who is listening, wherever you are, if you have time, if not do this later, Um, it'll be a little bit more accelerated, I think, and she'll explain it to us, but we're going to do a try this now activity and she and I will be doing it. So go ahead and listen in. Dr. Stahl, will you tell us what we're going to do right now?
1: Yeah. So um, this was an exercise that I learned in some of my first therapy sessions um, that I just found to be um, both fun and informative. And so what it does is it helps um, you get curious about uh, some of your different thought processes throughout your lifespan um, and what we're doing um a lot in, in all therapy, really, and, and just in life in general, is to try to become more and more curious about our experience um, and get a greater awareness of, of the different ways we are in the world. And so this particular exercise is, is just meant to, to be enjoyed, really. Um, and so if you're ready, we can just begin?
0: So ready. Okay. All
1: right. So wherever you are, just take a few moments to feel your the weight of your body on your seat. And then taking a few moments to imagine yourself at five years old, seeing if that he or she, that little one, has anything to offer you, anything that he or she wants to tell you. And then moving to our adolescent self. Picturing that teenager and seeing if he or she has anything to offer you. What would he or she say to you? And then bringing your current self in front of you. Do you have anything to say or does he or she have anything to say to you? And then lastly, lastly, your 80-year-old self. This is considered your wisdom self. Does he or she have anything to offer? do you have any questions to ask? And then just processing, what was it that you got from that exercise? Did anything come up for you?
0: Full transparency, y'all. I'm crying in the <laughs> booth right now. Ugh, once I saw my five-year-old self, I was like, oh, that, that poor thing. Um, Dr. Stahl, thank you so much for leading mm-hmm. us in that exercise. I hope that you guys Got something out of it I definitely did uh, you know what well, you mentioned about curiosity so important mm-hmm. for us to be curious it is the I think the only way we move forward is looking at the past looking at what's going on presently and then being able to move forward in the future otherwise we're carrying everything we've ever been through mm-hmm. through through all of our new experiences. Mm -hmm. So I'm so glad we did that. That was a good one. I really enjoyed that one. So hopefully you guys enjoyed it. It's really good. I'm not lying, guys. I started (laughs) crying. What I always ask our guests at the end is what advice do you have for pre-vet students, whether it has to do with mental health and wellness or not, what would you want to tell them?
1: Mm. Do more of what you love to do.
0: Yes. Yes. What is What are those
1: things for you? Mm, I loved going surfing and being in the ocean. That's one of my favorites. Mm-hmm. Um, it's one of my values. And um, I try to do it at least once a week, if not more.
0: Dr. Saul makes time for the things that she loves, and we want you guys to do that too. So go ahead and identify what you love, how you can make more time for it. Maybe you want to identify where in your body you feel... Feel those pleasurable feelings while you're doing what you love. Identify the feelings. Dr. Stahl, thank you so much for being on the podcast today. I hope your first podcast experience was a semi-pleasurable one. It was awesome. Oh, good. changed my mind about (laughs) podcast interviews. Oh, good. (laughs) I'm so glad. I'm Alex Avellino, and we'll talk to you soon.